and at verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled which saith, they parted my garment among them, and for vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Now in particular I should like to direct your attention to the words we find at the beginning of verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. There are certain subjects in Protestant pulpits which appear to be almost and entirely forbidden. Almost. Certain people in the scriptures are scarcely mentioned among us. And one in particular is the Virgin Mary. Now we err in our neglect. We err in our neglect of her because it has left the field open to others to twist and mangle the clear teaching of the Bible and to give to Mary a place which she never had which she never will receive. We may speak of Hannah's prayer for her Samuel. No, we love that prayer. And we love that mother. We may tell of Ruth's loyalty and her love for Naomi. And we may tell of Naomi's faithfulness in returning to her own land, the land of her people, the land of her God. And we may commend Lydia, Lydia whose heart the Lord opened to the Savior. But not Mary, not the mother of Jesus, who bare him and who stood by his cross. That just because others have erred doesn't mean to say that we must err and not speak of her. Just because others have lifted her above the Son of God and given her the preeminence above Jesus, that doesn't mean to say that we are to ignore her entirely. The Bible doesn't. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. And in the sixth month the angel of Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph 
of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Isn't it a surprise to find Mary standing by the cross of Jesus? You know, we might have expected Mary to have avoided Jerusalem in those days. But the Scripture speaks to us of one who stood by the cross of Jesus as one who ever stood by Jesus. When the angel spoke to her, telling her of the child that she should bear, of the manner of his strange and wonderful mysterious conception in her womb, of the name that the child would carry, of the kingdom of the throne that he would occupy. Then Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. There was a realism about Mary. A realism about Mary that characterized her willingness to receive the will of God. A realism. She faced up to things as they were. And she was ready to receive God's will for her life. And we read of Mary, who brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. She stood by Jesus. As she stood by him as a nature-old little boy, in the temple, standing by when Simeon, oh, that lovely character Simeon, when Simeon received him and held him in his arms and blessed God and warned her. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and to be a sign that shall be spoken against, and a sword will pierce your own soul also. Now to the many things already spoken of Jesus, with the memory of those who came and spoke of him, who came from far and near to worship him, and to offer their gifts to him. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart as she stood by her firstborn, as she stood by this child to whom she had given birth. You remember when that son was lost? And she went looking for him with fear and dread, anxiety, imagining the worst. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? 
behold thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing and Mary stood by his answer how is it that ye sought me wist ye not that I must be about my father's business she stood by that answer do you remember the wedding in Canaan Galilee her advice to the servants was do whatsoever he tells you she stood by Jesus we find Mary again standing by Jesus standing outside in Luke 8 19 20 we read there came to him his mothers and his brethren and could not come at him for the press and it was told him by certain which said thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee and then we find Mary now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother I want to notice three things simply with you tonight her secret of her Lord her submission to her Lord and finally her sacrifice for her Lord first her secret of her Lord now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother Mary was again standing by Jesus standing by the cross of Jesus her firstborn and the sword of which Simeon predicted that sword was even then piercing her own soul for Mary suffered as did the other women the other women who were there she suffered but she suffered the agony and she suffered the anguish of a mother whose son was dying in unspeakable pain it would appear that her suffering and perhaps because of its great intensity was silent there's nothing at all in the scriptures to suggest that she stood by the cross of Jesus as the other women as the women who followed Jesus on the way to the cross those women of Jerusalem which also bewailed and lamented him rather by its impressive silence the Bible suggests that even in her suffering the dignity which characterized her life controlled her breaking heart with an awesome wonder Mary you see had a secret given to her many years before Luke 1 35 the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God 
when first the angel spoke, when first Gabriel spoke of the birth of this special child Jesus, telling Mary of his name, telling her of his being the Son of the Most High, of his being given the throne of David with an everlasting kingdom, all that Mary seems to grasp is the fact, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man, how can I possibly have a child? And then the angel spoke of how the child would be conceived. By the overshadowing of Mary, by the Holy Ghost. The overshadowing of Mary, the covering of Mary, that would protect Mary from all other eyes, that would comfort Mary, that would bless Mary and uphold Mary in these months until the birth of that amazing child. The overshadowing, the covering, the love surrounding Mary and yet, the direct result, a child born to Mary, a holy thing, which shall be called the Son, not of Joseph, but the Son of God. Does this mean that Mary grasped the full significance? Did she understand fully what God's angel Gabriel are told to her? Is it now perfectly clear to Mary? Does she understand as we understand now? I don't think so. I don't think God demanded of Mary that she understand perfectly. But she was asked to believe. She was asked to believe and to be willing to receive. Mary believed what she was told, though she didn't understand it clearly. Do you? A secret had been known to Mary, the secret of her Lord, the secret of the baby that would be born to her conceived by the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Child is the Son of the Highest, the Son not of Joseph, not even of the angel Gabriel, but the Son of God. And when the child was born, other information about him was added to what Gabriel had already told her. First of all, by the shepherds of Bethlehem, who were told that this child of Mary's was the Savior which is Christ the Lord. And they came with haste. They hurried. They went searching for the mother and the father and the special child. They went searching. They came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. A Savior which is Christ the Lord. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds.
But listen, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary got a hold of these things. She stored them carefully away. She treasured these things in her heart as only a mother can treasure these things. All the things about her child Jesus, what the angel Gabriel had told her of that what Joseph was able to add, her experience in Bethlehem, what the shepherd said. She was gathering them all together from here, from there, and she put them all together there in her heart, and she pondered them, and she treasured them. She hid them in her heart. She went over them in her mind. It was her secret of her Lord. Now, apart from the birth of Jesus, we're told very little about Mary, very little about the growth or the development of her faith and trust. But we have two further clues, one in John, second chapter, that wedding at Canaan, when she told the servants there, do whatsoever he tells you. And then in Acts 1 and verse 14, we find her with the disciples. They all join together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her secret knowledge of her son, I believe, grew and matured. And it became to Mary the secret of the Lord which is with those who fear him. She became a worshipper of one unto whom, according to his human nature, she had given birth. And prayerfully, Mary put together all that she had experienced, all that she had seen, all that she had heard, and God blessed it to her. And Mary found in that little child she had given birth to. She found in the lad by whom she had always stood. She found in Jesus by whose cross we find her standing. She found her Lord and she found her God. She understood Jesus. It may well be that there's one or two or more here tonight and you've got a secret. You've got a secret tonight. You have been told of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. You have read of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have discovered as you have seen him in the lives of others. You have heard of him. And as you have experienced Jesus in your heart, you have come to realize that this holy thing is none other than the Son of God.
None other than Jesus, your Savior. But nobody knows your secret yet. You haven't told anyone. You would stand by Jesus, but have you stood by his cross? Isn't it time now to tell your secret? To tell you believe Jesus? To tell that more than life itself, you love Jesus because you understand why he died. You know in your heart of hearts what the broken bread and what the poured out wine signify. You need no one to tell you that they speak of the broken body of Jesus. You know, no one to explain that that poured out wine is a symbol of his poured out blood there on Calvary's cross. You need no one to tell you. You understand. Isn't it time to tell that secret? To make it known? To make your love to Jesus known? Oh my dear friend, how can you dare hide it? How can you keep it in your heart, locked away, your love for Jesus? For you do love Him, don't you? Mary loved him, not only because of what he was to her by his human nature, her child. She loved him, the Son of God, her God. He was and is Jesus, the God-man Redeemer, and she loved him. As she stood by his cross that day, she loved him and worshipped him. Jesus, her Lord, her secret of her Lord. And notice secondly, her submission to her Lord. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother Mary. There's no hint in the Gospels that Mary rebelled against the life and the wanderings of her firstborn. She was pained and she was as hurt as any mother would be when as a child on that yearly pilgrimage to Jerusalem he stayed behind and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? What have we done to you? Why couldn't you consider us? Your father and I have sought thee. We searched for you sorrowing. We imagined the very worst had happened to you. Why, could, why did you do this to us? Why couldn't you think of us? And Mary stood by his answer. 
Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? It would appear from then on that Mary stood by her son. She stood by this child and the work that his father, not Joseph, but his father, the eternal God, had given him to do. She stood by that. And she submitted to the conception of God's child in her womb. What a strange, almost unbelievable thing she did then. She was willing to bear the Son of the Most High God. And from this point in time, when He answered her in the temple, she willingly submitted to the fact that He, Jesus, was called to serve not Joseph, her husband, but the child Jesus was called to serve His Father, even the eternal God. For Jesus was God's Son, the Son of His love, in whom God was well pleased. Mary no doubt heard of the baptism of John, the baptism of Jesus by John, the son of her aged cousin Elizabeth. No doubt she knew of John's cruel, savage, needless death. She knew her son had a special task himself to perform. And Mary was present at that very first miracle in the wedding at Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. She was known as the mother of this young man. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. It was as a result of Mary's intervention that she turned to the servants, do whatever he tells you, and it was done. And we read in John 2.11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus and Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed in him. She submitted to her Lord when he was conceived in her womb. She submitted to him when as a child he made clear that he had come to do and to fulfill his father's will. She submitted to him when she was willing to obey Him. And when she encouraged others to heed Him, and when she received John, the beloved disciple, to be the one who would look after her in her old age, in place of her son Jesus, who was even then dying on the cross, as John and Mary stood by. She submitted to her Lord when she stood with the disciples in the upper room and she sought Him in prayer. When she sought Jesus in prayer, Jesus, to whom she had given birth, whom she had carried in her own body, in her own womb. Jesus, 
whom she had fed, whom she had nursed, whom she had clothed, whom she had washed. Jesus, whom she had watched over, whom she had watched grow in grace, in favor with God and man. Jesus, who had cared and provided for her. Jesus, who left his life with her for one of homeless wanderings. Oh, how Mary would have prepared a bed for Jesus. How lovingly and tenderly a meal for her son. How willingly have given her him her all. Jesus, whom she followed to Calvary, she submitted to that holy thing. She submitted to her Lord. Have you? Is there something, my dear friend, tonight that you're keeping back from Jesus? Does he have it all? All of your love? All of your care? All of your time? All of your talents? All of your family? All of your friends? Does Jesus have it? Have you submitted to him entirely? Is there something you're keeping back from Jesus? He kept nothing back. Nothing. But he gave himself. Give it to him. Give it to him. My son. My daughter. Give me, give me thine heart. Of course, Mary had times when she doubted. Of course, Mary had times when she was troubled over the things that had been told her, the things that she had learned about Jesus. Of course, there were many times when rebellion rose up in her heart, when things were just too much for her. But then, the faith that was born in her heart would not let her go. Because God would not let her go. Because Mary, who bore in her own body God's child, God gave Mary to Jesus. And he wouldn't let her go. He won't let you go either. She gave. She submitted to her Lord. She gave Jesus. She willingly accepted his will for her. And it's not easy, is it? Oh, if you've 
gone a step with the Lord Jesus at all. If you've journeyed at all anywhere in the wilderness following after Jesus, you know it's not easy. Of course you do. Never is easy. But we must do it. Submit to Jesus. Whether we come willing from the start or whether we come fighting and tearing and arguing with our doubts and putting up reasons, barriers why we are not worthy to submit to Jesus. Submit we must. Her secret of her Lord. Her submission to her Lord and finally her sacrifice of her Lord. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Simeon had praised God when he held Jesus. When he held Jesus as a tiny babe in his arms in the temple, he praised God for this child. For mine eyes, he said, mine eyes, the eyes of an old man, the eyes of one who had waited so long. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He was looking for consolation, wasn't he? Aren't you? Looking for a word of comfort, a word of encouragement, looking for that arm to be laid across your shoulders, waiting for that hand to pull you in tight, to reassure you of God's love. A light, he said, to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. That was Jesus. And then he spoke to Mary. He blessed them, but he spoke to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the fall and rising again of many in Israel and to be a sign that shall surely be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed and a sword shall pierce your own soul also. He said that to Mary when in love and joy and praise and wonder he held Jesus as a baby. He held Jesus and he praised God and he glorified God. These eyes of mine that have seen sin these eyes of mine that have looked on hatred. These eyes of mine that have seen the cruelty of men. These eyes of mine that have watched the degradation of women. These eyes of mine have seen thy salvation. And he turned holding Jesus and he warned Mary Jesus would be a sign he would point to
to another, even to God. He would be a sign spoken against. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. With wicked hands, they took Jesus, and they crucified him. A sign they refused to accept because they were not prepared in the hardness of pride and unbelief. They were not prepared to repent and to believe. And they crucified Jesus who spoke to them of heaven, of hell, of righteousness, of sin, of God, and the way home. They crucified that holy thing, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and she stood by the cross. And the sword which Simeon promised, a large, broad, ugly sword, a symbol of intense pain, of fearful, piercing anguish, it struck through her heart. She bore this Jesus. She carried him in her womb. She gave birth to him. She cared for her loved and loved him. She hid that awesome secret of him in her heart. She submitted to him. And in a very real and in a very special sense, Jesus was obviously Mary's child. And so for her that sword pierced and tore in her heart as it twisted her grief and her anguish. Her child. And she stood by his cross. How simply. And yet how tenderly and kindly John tells of Mary's anguish. He gives his account of the crucifixion and he gently draws a veil over Mary's suffering. Luke and Matthew tell us of his birth. But surely, surely John knew more. He who became a son to Mary Surely he knew more of the one he had come to replace in a, a certain way in Mary's life. Surely she told him of the little details of his life, of the joy that she had in this her firstborn, and then of her pain and her sorrow as she stood by his cross.
she who hid in her heart the secret of her Lord, who submitted to her Lord, came to that moment of sacrifice for her Lord. Mary gave Jesus to die on Calvary. She bore him in her body, but Jesus bore her sins in his to the cross. Jesus carried her sorrows. Jesus carried her griefs. Jesus carried her sin. In a real sense, the cross is her sacrifice for her Lord. The one she loved most of all in this world, she gave him to Calvary. And she stood by him there, a sword twisting in her own heart as she looked on Jesus, her sin-bearer. My bonny wee boy, is my sin-bearer. My bonny wee lamb, the best, the most perfect lamb, He's mine. He's mine. And he's dying for me. Don't you see Jesus then? Jesus, who is so familiar to us, can we understand his death again and give ourselves in love to him who loved us and died for us in our room instead? And let's, as we look forward to remember his death, Let's say afresh with another, not what these hands have done can save this guilty soul, not what this toiling flesh has borne can make my spirit whole, not what I feel or do can give me peace with God, not all my prayers and sighs and tears can bear this awful load. Thy work alone, O Christ, can ease this weight of sin. Thy blood alone, O Lamb of God, can give me peace within. Thy love to me, O God, not mine, O Lord, to thee, can rid me of this dark unrest 
and set my spirit free. Thy grace alone, O God, to me can pardon speak. Thy power alone, O Son of God, can this sure bondage break. I bless the Christ of God. I rest on love divine, and with unfaltering lip and heart, I call this Savior mine. He's my Jesus. Mary did that. As she stood by the cross of Jesus, Mary, his mother, called this Jesus her Savior, her own. And she gave herself a sinner to his love, to his care, to his forgiveness, to his cleansing blood. And Mary, even in her anguish, knew peace. And there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Oh, dear friends, there are times when we approach a communion season and there are times when we're on the verge of coming to the table and we feel we're not ready. Not yet. Not yet. We're not ready. Isn't that true? I know it's true. We've had the fast day, day of humiliation and prayer. The Friday night has come and gone. The Saturday night. The Sabbath morning service. The fencing of the tables. The singing of the psalms and the elements are brought to the table. And it's time to come and sit there. And there's just been that deep, dark deadness of heart and spirit. Because we've not been ready. Oh, how gracious the Lord is. Oh, dearly beloved, I don't apologize for taking you back to Calvary tonight. I make no apology for speaking of the anguish of Mary, of this wonderful secret of hers, of her total submission to Jesus, nor of her sacrifice for her Lord. Because we must go the same way. Share the secret we have of our Lord. Submit to the yoke He places upon us in love. And sacrifice for Him. May he bless you.
and encourage you with his love and with the tenderness of his love with the depth of his love with the reality of his love draw you to himself and send you out there to a world that needs needs to hear of you standing by his cross tell them and in remembering his death on Sabbath morning he will bless